0: chapter 8 of child of storm this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org child of storm by h rider haggard chapter 8 the king's daughter when i got back to my wagons after this semi-tragical interview with that bombastic and self-seeking old wimbag umbezi IT WAS TO FIND THAT SADUKO AND HIS WARRIORS HAD ALREADY MARCHED FOR THE KING'S kraal, NODWENGU. A MESSAGE awaited ME, HOWEVER, TO THE EFFECT THAT IT WAS HOPED THAT I WOULD FOLLOW, IN ORDER TO MAKE REPORT OF THE AFFAIR OF THE DESTRUCTION OF THE AMAKOBA. THIS, AFTER REFLECTION, I DETERMINED TO DO, REALLY, I THINK, BECAUSE OF THE INTENSE HUMAN INTEREST OF THE WHOLE BUSINESS. I WANTED TO SEE HOW IT WOULD WORK OUT. ALSO, IN A WAY... I read Saduko's mind, and understood that at the moment he did not wish to discuss the matter of his hideous disappointment. Whatever else may have been false in this man's nature, one thing rang true, namely his love or his infatuation for the girl Mameena. Throughout his life she was his guiding star—about as evil a star as could have arisen upon any man's horizon the fatal star that was to light him down to doom let me thank providence as i do that i was so fortunate as to escape its baneful influences although i admit that they attracted me not a little so seduced thither by my curiosity which has so often led me into trouble i trekked to nodwengu full of many doubts not unmingled with amusement for i could not rid my mind of recollections of the utter terror of the eater-up of elephants when he was brought face to face with the dreadful and concentrated rage of the robbed saduko and the promise of his vengeance ultimately i arrived at the great place without experiencing any adventure that is worthy of record and camped in a spot that was appointed to me by some induna whose name i forget but who evidently knew of my approach for I found him awaiting me at some distance from the town. Here I sat for quite a long while, two or three days, if I remember right, amusing myself with killing or missing turtle-doves with a shotgun and similar pastimes until something should happen, or I grew tired and started for Natal. In the end, just as I was about to trek seawards, an old friend, Maputa, turned up at my wagons, that same man who had brought me the message from Panda before we started to attack Pangu. "'Greeting, Makumazan,' he said. "'What of the Makoba? I see they did not kill you?' "'No,' I answered, handing him some snuff. "'They did not quite kill me, for here I am. "'What is your pleasure with me?' "'Oh, Makumazana!' only that the king wishes to know whether you have any of those little balls left in the box which i brought back to you since if so he thinks he would like to swallow one of them in this hot weather i proffered him the whole box but he would not take it saying that the king would like me to give it to him myself now i understood that this was a summons to an audience and asked when it would please panda to receive me and the little black stones that work wonders he answered at once so we started and within an hour i stood or rather sat before panda like all his family the king was an enormous man but unlike chaka and those of his brothers whom i had known one of a kindly countenance i saluted him by lifting my cap and took my place upon a wooden stool that had been provided for me outside the great hut in the shadow of which he sat within his izi golo or private enclosure greeting o macumazana he said i am glad to see you safe and well for i understand that you have been engaged upon a perilous adventure since we last met "'Yes, king,' I answered. "'But to which adventure do you refer? "'That of the buffalo when Saduko helped me, "'or that of the amakoba when I helped Saduko? "'The latter, Macumazan, "'of which I desire to hear all the story?' "'So I told it to him, "'he and I being alone, "'for he commanded his counsellors and servants "'to retire out of hearing. "'Wow!' he said when i had finished you are clever as a baboon macumazahn that was a fine trick to set a trap for bangu and his amakoba dogs and bait it with his own cattle but they tell me that you refuse to share of those cattle now why was that macumazahn by way of answer i repeated to panda my reasons which i have set out already Ah he exclaimed when i had finished every one seeks greatness in his own way and perhaps yours is better than ours well the white man walks one road or some of them do and the black man another they both end at the same place and none will know which is the right road until the journey is done meanwhile what you lose "'Saduko and his people gain. "'He is a wise man, Saduko, "'who knows how to choose his friends, "'and his wisdom has brought him victory and gifts. "'But to you, Makumazan, "'it has brought nothing but honour, "'on which, if a man feeds only, "'he will grow thin.' "'I like to be thin, O Panda,' "'I answered slowly. "'Yes, yes, I understand.' replied the king who in common with most natives was quick enough to seize a point and i too like people who keep thin on such food as yours people also whose hands are always clean we zulus trust you macumazahn as we trust few white men for we have known for years that your lips say what your heart thinks and that your heart always thinks the thing which is good you may be named watcher by night but you love light not darkness now at these somewhat unusual compliments i bowed and felt myself colouring a little as i did so even through my sunburn but i made no answer to them since to do so would have involved a discussion of the past and its tragical events into which i had no wish to enter panda too remained silent for a while then he called to a messenger to summon the princes Setewayo and umbelazi to bid saduko the son of matawane to wait without in case he should wish to speak with them a few minutes later the two princes arrived i watched their coming with interest for they were the most important men in zululand and already the nation debated fiercely which of them would succeed to the throne i will try to describe them a little they were both of much the same age it is always difficult to arrive at a zulu's exact years and both fine young men Sedawayo, however had the stronger countenance it was said that he resembled that fierce and able monster chaka the wild beast his uncle and certainly, I perceived in him a likeness to his other uncle, Dingaan Umbanda's predecessor, whom I had known but too well when I was a lad. He had the same surly eyes and haughty bearing, also when he was angry, his mouth shut itself in the same iron fashion of Umbelazi is difficult for me to speak without enthusiasm as mameena was the most beautiful woman i ever saw in zululand although it is true that old war-dog umslopagas a friend of mine who does not come into this story used to tell me that nada the lily whom i have mentioned was even lovelier so umbelazi was by far the most splendid man indeed the zulus named him umbelazi the handsome and no wonder to begin with he stood at least three inches above the tallest of them. From a quarter of a mile away, I have recognized him by his great height, even through the dust of a desperate battle, and his breadth was proportionate to his stature. Then he was perfectly made, his great shapely limbs ending like Saduko's, and small hands and feet. His face, too, was well cut and open, his color lighter than Sedawayo's and his eyes which always seemed to smile were large and dark even before they passed the small gate of the inner fence it was easy for me to see that this royal pair were not upon the best of terms for each of them tried to get through at first to show his right of precedence the result was somewhat ludicrous for they jammed in the gateway here however umbelazi's greater weight told for putting out his strength he squeezed his brother into the reeds of the fence and won through a foot or so in front of him you grow too fat my brother i heard sadawayo say and saw him scowl as he spoke if i had held an assegai in my hand you would have been cut i know it my brother answered umbelazi with a good-humoured laugh but i knew also that none may appear before the king armed had it been otherwise i would rather have followed after you now at this hint of umbelazi's that he would not trust his brother behind his back with a spear although it seemed to be conveyed in jest i saw panda shift uneasily in his seat while Setawayo scowled even more ominously than before however no further words passed between them and walking up to the king side by side they saluted him with raised hands calling out baba that is father greeting my children said panda adding hastily for he saw a quarrel as to which of them would take the seat of honour on his right sit here in front of me both of you and macumazahn do you come hither and he pointed to the coveted place i am a little deaf in my left ear this morning so these brothers sat themselves down in front of the king nor were they i think grieved to find this way out of their rivalry but first they shook hands with me for i knew them both though not well and even in this small matter the old trouble arose since there was some difficulty as to which of them should first offer me his hand ultimately i remember cetewayo won this trick when these preliminaries were finished panda addressed the princes saying my sons i have sent for you to ask your counsel upon a certain matter not a large matter but one that may grow and he paused to take snuff whereon both of them ejaculated we hear you father well my sons the matter is that of saduko the son of matawane chief of the amangwane whom bangu chief of the amakoba ate up years ago by leave of him who went before me now this bangu as you know has for some time been a thorn in my foot a thorn that caused it to fester and yet I did not wish to make war on him. So I spoke a word in the ear of Saduko, saying, He is yours if you can kill him, and his cattle are yours. Well, Saduko is not dull. With the help of this white man, Makumazan, our friend from old, he has killed Bangu and taken his cattle, and already my foot is beginning to heal. We have heard it said Sedawayo. it was a great deed added umbelazi a more generous critic yes continued panda i too think it was a great deed seeing that Seduko had but a small regiment of warriors to back him nay nee, interrupted Sedawayo, it was not those eaters of rats who won him the day it was the wisdom of this Makumazan." macumazahn's wisdom would have been of little use without the courage of saduko and his rats commented umbelazi and from this moment i saw that the two brothers were taking sides for and against saduko as they did upon every other matter not because they cared for the right of whatever was in question but because they wished to oppose each other but the point is this i think saduko a man of promise and one who should be advanced that he may learn to love us all especially as his house has suffered wrong from our house since he who has gone listened to the evil counsel of bangu and allowed him to kill out matawane's tribe without just cause therefore in order to wipe away his stain and bind saduko to us i think it well to re-establish saduko in the chieftainship of the amangwane with the lands that his father held and to give him also the chieftainship of the amakoba of whom it seems that the women and children with some of the men remain although he already holds their cattle which he has captured in war as the king pleases said umbelazi with a yawn for he was growing weary of listening to the case of saduko but cetewayo said nothing for he appeared to be thinking of something else i think also went on panda in a rather uncertain voice in order to bind him so close that the bonds may never be broken it would be wise to give him a woman of our family in marriage "'Why should this little Amangwane be allowed to marry into the royal house?' "'asked Setewayo, looking up. "'If he is dangerous, why not kill him, and have done?' "'For this reason, my son, there is trouble ahead in Zululand, "'and I do not wish to kill those who may help us in that hour, "'nor do I wish them to become our enemies. "'I wish that they may be our friends.' and therefore it seems to me wise when we find a seed of greatness to water it and not to dig it up or plant it in a neighbor's garden from his deeds i believe that this saduko is such a seed our father has spoken said umbelazi and i like saduko who is a man of mettle and of good blood which of our sisters does our father propose to give him? She who is named after the mother of our race, O Umbelazi, she whom your own mother bore, your sister Nandi, in English, the sweet. A great gift, O my father, since Nandi is both fair and wise. Also, what does she think of this matter? She thinks well of it, Umbelazi, for she has seen Saduko and taken a liking to him. She told me herself that she wishes no other husband.
1: "'Is it
0: so?' replied Umbelazi indifferently. "'Then, if the king commands and the king's daughter desires, what more is there to be said?' "'Much, I think.' said a while. i hold that it is out of place that this little man who has but conquered a little tribe by borrowing the wit of macumazahn here should be rewarded not only with a chieftainship but with the hand of the wisest and most beautiful of the king's daughters and even though umbelazi he added with a sneer should be willing to throw him his own sister like a bone to a passing dog who threw the bone cetewayo asked umbelazi awaking out of his indifference was it the king or was it i who never heard of the matter till this moment and who are we that we should question the king's decrees is it our business to judge or to obey has Suduko perchance made you a present of some of those cattle which he stole from the amakoba umbelazi asked Setewayo as our father asks no labola perhaps you have taken the gift instead the only gift i have taken from saduko said umbelazi who i could see was hard pressed to keep his temper is that of his service he is my friend which is why you hate him as you hate all my friends must i then love every stray cur that licks your hand oh no need to tell me he is your friend for i know it was you who put it into our father's heart to allow him to kill bangu and to steal his cattle which i hold to be an ill deed for now the great house is thatched with the reeds and bangu's blood is on its doorposts moreover he who wrought the wrong is to come and dwell therein and for aught i know to be called a prince like you and me why should he not since the princess nandi is to be given to him in marriage certainly umbelazi you would do well to take the cattle which this white trader has refused for all men know that you have earned them now umbelazi sprang up straightening himself to the full of his great height and spoke in a voice that was thick with passion i pray your leave to withdraw o king he said since if I stay here longer I shall grow sorry that I have no spear in my hand. Yet before I go, I will tell the truth. Cetewayo hates Saduko, because knowing him to be a chief of wit and courage who will grow great, he sought him for his man, saying, "'Sit you in my shadow,' after he had promised to sit in mine.' "'Therefore it is that he heaps these taunts upon me. "'Let him deny it if he can.' "'That I shall not trouble to do, Umbelazi,' answered Sadoayo with a scowl. "'Who are you that spy upon my doings, and with a mouth full of lies "'call me to account before the king? "'I will hear no more of it. "'Do you bide here and pay Saduko his price with the person of our sister?' For as the king has promised her, his word cannot be changed. Only let your dog know that I keep a stick for him, if he should snarl at me. Farewell, my father. I go upon a journey to my own lordship, the land of Gikazi, and there you will find me when you want me, which I pray may not be till after this marriage is finished, for on that I will not trust my eyes to look. Then, with a salute, he turned and departed, bidding no good-bye to his brother. My hand, however, he shook in farewell, for Cetewayo was always friendly to me, perhaps because he thought I might be useful to him. Also, as I learned afterwards, he was very pleased with me for the reason that I had refused my share of the Amakoba cattle, and that he knew i had no part in the proposed marriage between saduko and nandi of which indeed i now heard for the first time my father said umbelazi when cedewayo had gone is this to be borne am i to blame in the matter you have heard and seen answer me my father no you are not to blame this time umbelazi replied the king with a heavy sigh. But, oh, my sons, my sons, where will your quarrelling end? I think that only a river of blood can quench so fierce a fire, and then which of you will live to reach its bank? For a while he looked at Umbelazi, and I saw love and fear in his eye, for towards him Panda had always more affection than any for his other children. Sedewayo has behaved ill, he said at length, and before a white man who will report the matter, which makes it worse. He has no right to dictate to me to whom I shall or shall not give my daughters in marriage. Moreover, I have spoken, nor do I change my word because he threatens me. It is known throughout the land that I never change my word, and the white men know it also do they not O mugumazana i answered yes they did also this was true for like most weak men panda was very obstinate and honest too in his own fashion he waved his hand to show that the subject was ended then bade umbelazi to go to the gate and send a messenger to bring in the son of PRESENTLY SADUKO ARRIVED, LOOKING VERY STATELY AND COMPOSED AS HE LIFTED HIS RIGHT HAND AND GAVE PANDA THE Bayete, THE ROYAL SALUTE. BE SEATED, SAID THE KING. I HAVE WORDS FOR YOUR EAR. THEREON, WITH THE MOST PERFECT GRACE, WITHOUT HURRYING AND WITHOUT UNDUE DELAY, SADUKO CROUCHED HIMSELF DOWN UPON HIS KNEES, WITH ONE OF HIS ELBOWS RESTING ON THE GROUND, AS ONLY A NATIVE KNOWS HOW TO DO WITHOUT LOOKING ABSURD AND WAITED. SON OF Matiwane," SAID THE KING, I HAVE HEARD ALL THE STORY OF HOW, WITH A SMALL COMPANY YOU DESTROYED BANGU AND MOST OF THE MEN OF THE AMAKOBA, AND ATE UP THEIR CATTLE, EVERY ONE. YOUR PARDON, BLACK ONE, INTERRUPTED SADUKO, I AM BUT A BOY, I DID NOTHING, IT WAS Makumazan watcher by night, who sits yonder. His wisdom taught me how to snare the Amakoba, after they were decoyed from their mountain, and it was Socha, my uncle, who loosed the cattle from the kraals. I say that I did nothing except to strike a blow or two with a spear when I must, just as a baboon throws stones at those who would steal its young.' "'I am glad to see that you are no boaster, Saduko,' said Panda, would that more of the zulus were like you in that matter for then i must not listen to so many loud songs about little things at least bangu was killed and his proud tribe humbled and for reasons of state i am glad that this happened without my moving a regiment or being mixed up with the business for i tell you that there are some of my family who loved Bangu but i loved your father matawane whom bangu butchered for we were brought up together as boys yes we served together in the same regiment the amawambe when the wild one my brother ruled he meant chaka for among the zulus the names of the dead kings are lonipa that is they must not be spoken if it can be avoided therefore went on Panda, this reason and for others i am glad that bangu has been punished and that although vengeance has crawled after him like a footsore bull at length he has been tossed with its horns and crushed with its knees ye bo nungamaya yes o lion said saduko now saduko went on Panda. Because you are your father's son, and because you have shown yourself a man, although you are still little in the land, I am minded to advise you. Therefore I give you the chieftainship over those who remain of the Amakoba and over all the Amangwane, blood whom you can gather. Bayete, as the king pleases, said Saduko, and I give you leave to become aquila a wearer of the head-ring although as you have said you are still but a boy and with it a place upon my council. Bayete, as the king pleases said saduko still apparently unmoved by the honours that were being heaped upon him and son of matewane went on panda you are still unmarried are you not now for the first time saduko's face changed yes black one he said hurriedly but here he caught my eye and reading some warning in it was silent but repeated panda after him doubtless you would like to be well it is natural in a young man who wishes to be found a house and therefore i give you leave to marry ye bo silo yes so wild beast i thank the king but here i sneezed loudly and he ceased but repeated panda of course you do not know where to find a wife between the time the hawk stoops and the rat squeaks in its claws how should you who have never thought of the matter also he continued with a smile it is well that you have not thought of it since she whom i shall give to you could not live in the second hut in your kraal and call another inkuzikazi, that is head lady or chieftainess umbelazi my son go fetch her of whom we have thought as a bride for this boy now umbelazi rose and went with a broad smile upon his face while panda somewhat fatigued with all his speech-making for he was very fat and the day was very hot leaned his head back against the hut and closed his eyes o black one o thou who consumeth with rage glaglamandala broke out saduko who i could see was much disturbed i have something to say to you no doubt no doubt answered panda drowsily but save up your thanks till you have seen or you will have none left afterwards and he snored slightly now i perceiving that saduko was about to ruin himself thought it well to interfere though what business of mine it was to do so i cannot say at any rate If only I had held my tongue at this moment and allowed saduko to make a fool of himself as he wished to do, for where Mameena was concerned, he never could be wise, I verily believe that all the history of Zululand would have run a different course, and that many thousands of men, white and black, who are now dead would be alive today. But fate ordered it otherwise. Yes, it was not I who spoke, but fate the angel of doom used my throat as his trumpet seeing that panda dozed i slipped behind saduko and gripped him by the arm are you mad i whispered into his ear will you throw away your fortune and your life also but Mamina," he whispered back i would marry none save Mamina." fool i answered "Mamina has betrayed and spat upon you Take what the heavens send you, and give thanks. Would you wear Masapo's soiled blanket? Macumazahn, he said in a hollow voice, I will follow your head, and not my own heart. Yet you sow a strange seed, Macumazahn, or so you may think when you see its fruit. And he gave me a wild look, a look that frightened me. There was something in this look which caused me to reflect that i might do well to go away and leave saduko Mamina, nandi and the rest of them to dree their weirds as the scots say for after all what is my finger doing in that very hot stew getting burnt i thought and not collecting any stew yet looking back on these events how could i foresee what would be the end of the madness of saduko of the fearful machinations of Mamina, and of the weakness of umbelazi when she snared him in the net of her beauty thus bringing about his ruin through the hate of saduko and the ambition of Setawayo how could i know that at the back of all these events stood the old dwarf Zikali the wise working night and day to slake the enmity and fulfil the vengeance which long ago he had conceived and planned against the royal house of senzangakoka and the zulu people over whom it ruled yes he stood there like a man behind a great stone upon the brow of a mountain slowly remorselessly and with infinite skill labour and patience pushing that stone to the edge of the cliff whence at length in the appointed hour it would thunder down upon those who dwelt beneath to leave them crushed and no more a people how could i guess that we the actors in this play were all the while helping him to push that stone and that he cared nothing how many of us were carried with it into the abyss if only we brought about the triumph of his secret unutterable rage and hate now i see and understand all these things as it is easy to do but then i was blind nor did the voices reach my dull ears to warn me as how or why i cannot tell they did i believe reach those of zikali oh what was the sum of it just this i think and nothing more that as saduko and the others were mameena's tools and as all of them and their possessions were zikali's tools so he himself was the tool of some unseen power that used him and us to accomplish its design WHICH I SUPPOSE IS FATALISM, OR, IN OTHER WORDS, ALL THESE THINGS HAPPEN BECAUSE THEY MUST HAPPEN, A POOR CONCLUSION TO REACH AFTER SO MUCH THOUGHT AND STRIVING AND NOT complimentary TO MAN AND HIS BOASTED POWERS OF FREE WILL. STILL ONE TO WHICH MANY OF US ARE OFTEN DRIVEN, ESPECIALLY IF WE HAVE LIVED AMONG SAVAGES, WHERE SUCH DRAMAS WORK THEMSELVES OUT OPENLY AND SWIFTLY unhidden from our eyes by the veils and the subterfuges of civilization at least there is comfort about it that if we are but feathers blown by the wind how can the individual feather be blamed because it did not travel against turn or keep back the wind well let me return from these speculations to the history of the facts that caused them just as a little too late I had made up my mind that i would go after my own business and leave saduko to manage his through the fence gateway appeared the great tall umbelazi leading by the hand a woman as i saw in a moment it did not need certain bangles of copper ornaments of ivory and of the very rare pink beads called invibenga which only those of the royal house were permitted to wear to proclaim her a person of rank for dignity and high blood were apparent in her face her carriage her gestures, and all that had to do with her nandi the sweet was not a great beauty as was Mamina, although her figure was fine and her stature like that of all the race of senzangakonka considerably above the average. To begin with, she was darker in hue, and her lips were rather thick, as was her nose, nor were her eyes large and liquid like those of an antelope. Further she lacked the informing mystery of Mamina's face, that at times was broken and lit up by flashes of alluring light and quick sympathetic perception, AS A HEAVY EVENING SKY THAT SEEMS TO JOIN THE dim EARTH TO THE DIMMER HEAVENS, AS ILLUMINATED BY PULSINGS OF FIRE, SOFT MANY HUES, SUGGESTING BUT NOT REVEALING THE STRENGTH AND SPLENDOR THAT IT VEILS. NANDI HAD NONE OF THESE ATTRACTIONS, WHICH, AFTER ALL, ANYWHERE UPON THE EARTH, BELONGING ONLY TO A FEW WOMEN IN EACH GENERATION. She was a simple, honest-natured, kindly, affectionate young woman of high birth, no more. That is, as these qualities are understood and expressed among her people. Umbelazi led her forward into the presence of the king, to whom she bowed gracefully enough. Then, after casting a swift, sidelong glance at Saduko, which I found it difficult to interpret, and another of inquiry at me she folded her hands upon her breast and stood silent with bent head waiting to be addressed the address was brief enough for panda was still sleepy my daughter he said with a yawn there stands your husband and he jerked his thumb towards saduko he is a young man and brave and unmarried also one who should grow great in the shadow of our house especially as he is a friend of your brother umbelazi i understand also that you have seen him and like him unless you have anything to say against it for as not being a common father the king receives no cattle at least in this case i am not prejudiced but will listen to your words and he chuckled in a drowsy fashion i propose that the marriage should take place to-morrow now my daughter have you anything to say for if so please say it at once as i am tired the eternal wranglings between your brethren satawaiyo and umbelazi have worn me out now nandi looked about her in her open honest fashion her gaze resting first on saduko then on umbelazi and lastly upon me my father she said at length in her soft steady voice tell me i beseech you who proposes this marriage is it the chief saduko is it the prince umbelazi or is it the white lord whose true name i do not know but who is called macumazahn watcher by night i can't remember which of them proposed it yawned panda who can keep on talking about things from night till morning at any rate i propose it and i will make your husband a big man among our people have you anything to say against it i have nothing to say my father i have met saduko and like him well for the rest you are the judge but she added slowly does saduko like me "'When he speaks my name, does he feel it here?' And she pointed to her throat. "'I am sure I do not know what he feels in his throat,' "'Panda replied testily. "'But I feel that mine is dry. "'Well, as no one says anything, the matter is settled. "'Tomorrow Saduko shall give the umcolizo, "'the ox of the girl, that makes marriage.' If he has not got one here, I will lend it to him, and you can take the new big hut that I have built in the outer kraal to dwell in for the present. There will be a dance, if you wish it. If not, I do not care, for I have no wish for ceremony just now. Who am too troubled with great matters? Now I am going to sleep then sinking from his stool on to his knees panda crawled through the doorway of his great hut which was close to him and vanished umbelazi and i departed also through the gateway of the fence leaving saduko and the princess nandi alone together for there were no attendants present what happened between them i am sure i do not know but i gather that in one way or another saduko made himself sufficiently agreeable to the princess to persuade her to take him to husband. Perhaps, being already enamoured of him, she was not difficult to persuade. At any rate, on the morrow, without any great feasting or fuss except the customary dance, the umgolizo, the ox of the girl, was slaughtered, and Saduko became the husband of a royal maiden of the house of Senzangkona. Certainly, as I remember reflecting, it was a remarkable rise in life for one who, but a few months before, had been without possessions or a home. I may add that after our brief talk in the king's kraal while Panda was dozing, I had no further words with Saduko on this matter of his marriage, for between his proposal and the event he avoided me, nor did I seek him out. On the day of the marriage also I trekked for Natal, and for a whole year heard no more of Saduko, Nandi, and Mamina, although, to be frank, I must admit that I thought the last of these persons more often, more than I should have done. The truth is that Mamina was one of those women who sticks in a man's mind even more closely than a -a wait-a-bit thorn does in his coat. Recording by Keith Salis